Coming to a greater understanding of end times prophecy next on Abounding Grace. This is amazing grace. I'm sure you've experienced it before. There you are watching a movie or reading a book and you're totally confused until the end, that is. And then it all comes together and makes perfect sense. That's the place in life Daniel was in when he received God's vision of the end times. While it didn't make sense to him at the time, in the end, this will make sense. Welcome to Abounding Grace and our study in Daniel. Pastor Ed Taylor will be in chapter 12, so let's turn there now for this enlightening study in the Word. Take your Bibles, open them, would you, to Daniel chapter 12 in a Bible study that I've entitled, In the End, This Will Make Sense. In the End, This Will Make Sense. So we've been studying in Daniel chapter 12, and we've come to the end. We've come to the end, the last chapter, and he, as he's writing it, remember, he doesn't fully understand what's happening. He doesn't fully understand what was given to him in the entirety of the book. These dreams and coming kingdoms. We're able now to look back because I believe we live in a time where Daniel's making sense. We're living in the time of the end. The end of the world is upon us. It's right around the corner. The coming of the Lord Jesus Christ could happen at any moment, at the twinkling of an eye. We're seeing things fulfilled in our time period that we, no other generation has seen. And of course, when I share that with great confidence and I share that with great enthusiasm, there are always those who go, wait a minute, you're not one of those pastors, are you? You don't really believe that stuff. You're just trying to scare us, trying to move us with fear. No, for the Christian, there's nothing to be scared of. The end of the world or the end of our life, there's nothing to be scared of. Our last breath here is our first breath in eternity. The fulfillment of the promise of the presence of Jesus Christ is ours instantaneously. We will see the Lord. He's coming again. We want it to happen. He has gone and been building that special dwelling place for us. And he said, if I go, I'll come again. You'll be with me forever. I'm not trying to scare you. But rather as a pastor, as a man that is been given the charge to represent God, I want to tell you the truth. I want to give you the biblical perspective of God's view of these days. And when the return of Jesus Christ occurs, our hopes will become reality. Our faith will become sight. And God, as He shares prophecy, prophecy is not God's scare tactics. That's not a motivating factor that God, God motivates, the greatest motivation on the earth is love. And God motivates us by love. He is love. And so when you read a prophecy, it's not scare tactics. It's not designed to, to somehow control you. It's rather your God, Abba Father, as we read in Romans chapter 8. It's your Abba wanting to warn you and plead with you to understand his love. I don't believe there's a parent among us that hasn't had a serious conversation with their children that included both warning and pleading. 
And you know, as our kids grow up and they navigate through this world, the warnings and the pleadings in, in, increase. Because there just comes an age where a child says, you know what, I, I know I'm only 15, but I know more than you. And I've experienced more than you. And I hear your warnings and I hear your pleadings, but I'm going to go see for myself. And you know as well as I do, as you watch that child walk out with that confident, prideful attitude that they're going to go do it, they know what you said, they appreciate what you said, but you don't understand, mom, you don't get it, dad, it's not like that anymore, that it's different now. Yeah, because it's so different now, that's why we warn and plead. It's not better now, it's worse than we were growing up. And because of some of us having made those decisions ourselves, to parents that warn and pleaded us as well, we now as parents say, no, please believe me. That is not the way you want to go. That's a painful route. Don't, don't, don't go that way. Don't hang out with that person. She's not good for you. They, that, that man, he, that boy, he doesn't love the Lord. He will take you down a path. No, don't do it. Don't listen to them. Evil company corrupts good habits. Every parent, they might sound strong. It might even have these, you know, contortions of the face. But why would they do that? Why would they warn their kids? I'll tell you why. Because they love them. The greater the love, that seems the greater the warning and the greater the pleading. Well, even in our imperfections, we become a picture of our perfect Father in heaven. And when he tells you the future, it isn't to scare you or freak you out. Although if you're an unbeliever, there is a sense of, you know, you don't have a relationship with God, you're going to have all kinds of weird responses to the end of the, of, of the age. You're, we'll, we'll warn you about, hey, look, what's going on on the globe today, what's going on in the economy today, that the Bible says that everything has to kind of come down to a funnel where there's going to be a one world currency. And, you know, you get all kinds of responses. Oh, you don't believe in that stuff. What do you mean? I don't believe in that stuff. Open your eyes. It's right before you. Oh, you know, the Bible says that in the end, that's all going to funnel down and the world is going to have one predominant ruling religion of everyone, one world religion. Ah, oh, you don't believe in that. Hey, kind of look, look at how the world minimizing the absolutes of the one true God and replacing. It's been a slow process for a long time. You find a one world ruler. There's going to be a time in the end where the world will look to one man. We don't know his name, but we know him in the Bible as Mr. Antichrist, capital A. And you get the response, oh, come on, that's not true. And yet, in this current crisis, as we've seen with our own eyes and heard with our own ears, people calling out for help. And they say, oh, just maybe the solution today, the solution for this crisis is that why don't we just give all of our sovereignty and all, and just, we'll, we'll just we need a man. We need a man. We need a man. Now, God is warning and pleading because he wants you to know ahead of time What's happening so you get your life right with him? And we don't know everything that's going to happen. We don't know every nuance of the last days, but as we've studied in our previous times, we can understand the times. We can understand what we see and reflect it through the truth of scriptures. Even though we don't know everything, we know some things. And with what we know, it should stir us to love and obedience. So pick up with me. In verse 1, we'll review of where we were in 12 last time and get through the end of the chapter today. It says, At the time, Michael the archangel, who stands guard over your nation, will arise. And there will be a time of anguish greater than any since nations came into existence. 
But at that time, every one of your people whose name is written in the book will be rescued. Many of those bodies lie dead and buried and will rise up, some to everlasting life, some to shame and everlasting disgrace. Verse 3, those who are wise will shine as bright as the sky, and those who lead many to righteousness will shine like the stars forever. Prior to the coming of the Lord, there'll be an increased time of wickedness, a time of anguish, he says here, greater than any since nations came into existence. And we believe... We believe that this applies to the last seven years of world history, the time that we know as the Great Tribulation period. We're not in that time yet, although some people believe we are. We're not. We're not in that time yet, but we're seeing glimpses of it. And we've just spent many weeks looking at various passages throughout the Bible of what the end times is described as, what we can look for, what we can see. And if you didn't know we were studying the Bible, if you're flipping through the radio and you just come across this, those studies, it might sound like we were going through the articles on the Drudge Report, line by line, of the things that are happening in our world today. But what we're seeing today will be nothing compared to the final days. There'll be nothing compared to the behaviors that will run rampant on the earth, which will include the judgment of God. And part of God's judgment always includes, okay, if you, if you want to reject me, it's like God saying, it, part of God's judgment is if you want to reject me and you want to resist me and you want to continue to go that way, then I will give you over to those desires. If that's what you want. And I'll release you. And I'll give you over to your own carnal desires. But verse 3 is encouraging because those who are wise will shine bright as the sky. And those who lead many to righteousness will shine like the stars forever. Those that are walking in the wisdom of God, those that are responding with God's wisdom and not just our own personal understanding and our own personal private interpretations of everything. No, those that are walking in wisdom are going to shine. And part of the wisdom that's being spoken here in context is part of walking in wisdom is you will have a passion for the lost. Like you will really care about your neighbor going to hell. You will really care about the person that mocks you and makes fun of you because you believe the Bible. And because you care, notice, you will shine like the stars because you're going to lead people to righteousness. You're going to tell them the truth. It's going to be a part of your life. You're not going to have to work it up. You don't have to ask for the gift of evangelism. You don't have to go to evangelism class. You'll just tell people the condition of their lives. You'll tell people, like you, you without any kind of training, just tell them what God did in your life, where you were. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever, and some of you have that whoever, some of you have a fascinating story of where you were and what you did, the hopelessness of your life and the pain and the sorrow. Some of the stories behind whoever are the greatest platform to describe the belief and the born again change in your life. Remember, if you're thinking about how to share your testimony, think of it, think of it, take a piece of paper out tonight, you know, the size of a, of a eight and a half by 11, and just, just do three equal boxes on, on that sheet. If you don't know how to share your testimony, just put, take a piece of paper out, put three boxes. On the top box, write who you were. On the middle box, you write how God apprehended your heart. And on the bottom box, you begin to share what God's doing in your life right now, the changes. And that becomes a bridge because people love to hear stories. 
They love to hear real life stories. That, especially those that, that may think you, you know, met you many years later. And we're not, testimonies don't glory in our past. They don't, you know, we don't make the story about us. We make the story about God. But God works through our story. And so it's not like you go, oh, you know how bad I was. Like when you do the boxes, make sure the first box is smaller than the rest. You don't want to just point out, oh, I was so bad, I was so bad, I was so bad. And they're like, get to it, man. Like, I don't, you, I'm convinced you were bad. And then, oh yeah, and then I went to church and now I'm saved. Let's go get lunch. No, 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 no. No, it's like, hey, give them enough that goes, hey, you? No way. You? No way. And in those of you that were raised in the church, raised in a godly home, that box is different. That the box, the testimony of your life is not all the junk you were into. Listen, the box in your life is all the junk you avoided. That's even sometimes a greater testimony. But sometimes it's mixed and maybe you had a backslidden time. Whatever it is, people are captivated by a good story. That's why you have a favorite movie. Why do you have a favorite movie? You like the story. They put it together where it captivated you. Well, whatever your favorite movie is, the testimony of God's work in your life is better than any movie that's ever made. And it's personal and direct. So walking in wisdom, sharing the gospel, leading people into right living. We'll get into that next time. But after the rapture of the church, there's going to be a great wave of evangelism on the earth. 144,000 men from the 12 tribes of Israel are going to be unleashed and sent out to preach the gospel. Angels are going to be flying through the heavens proclaiming the gospel. There are going to be two witnesses that the whole world will see that God will be using to share in a dark time with the light of God's love. And countless men and women will be saved during the great tribulation period. And they'll begin sharing. It's going to be an amazing time. But we don't need to wait for that time. We're alive now. And God wants to use us. Notice verse 4 now. But you, Daniel, keep this prophecy a secret. Seal up the book until, mark those words, I'm reading from the New Living Translation, until the time of the end, when many will rush here and there, and knowledge will increase. So now the Bible gives us a little bit of insight of what the end times, as you get closer and closer to the coming, to the rapture of the church, to the return of Jesus Christ, this is something to look for. Daniel, you're writing this right now, thousands of years ago. So just shut it up, seal it up. Because it's going to make sense. It may not make sense to people now, but at the end, it's going to make sense to people living at the end, at the time right before the coming of the Lord. That's what he's saying. So just seal it up. It's almost like God saying, you seal it up, Daniel. Write it down. Seal up what I tell you. I'll unseal it when it's time. And Dan, the book of Daniel will be understood in the right time. And Daniel, what you're receiving, be faithful. Seal it up. And he says at the end, he says, seal it up. Keep it a secret. And, and the time of the end when, here's a couple of things. Many will rush here and there. And that's, to me, it's just a basic phrase of people are just going to be overwhelmed with everything they have to do. They're going to be going in here and there looking for answers, what's happening in our lives, happening over here, busy, full, all the words of a culture that we're in right now. And then the key is knowledge will increase. I like that phrase because it can be taken at least two ways. You guys that are taking notes, this can be taken at least two ways and both ways apply to the day in which you live. Number one, this knowledge increasing could refer to the knowledge of prophecy. 
that, it, that when Daniel makes sense, there will be a knowledge of prophecy that will increase closer to the rapture of the church. That is, things on the prophetic picture will become clearer and clearer and clearer, closer to the coming of the Lord. That, that makes sense. That's the idea of you're looking way in the distance and you see a little dot. And as you're driving toward that dot, as you get closer to it, it starts to reveal what exactly it is. And you're trying to guess it. What is this? What is this? And when you, you find out it's just a, a sign in the middle of the road. And you, somebody thought it was a bear, and somebody thought it was a rock, somebody thought it was a comet. But as you got closer to it, things became clearer. We certainly find ourselves living in a time where more and more of God's prophetic word is clearer than ever before. Especially since 1948, when Israel became a nation, and Jews began returning to their homeland, there seems to be more and more revealed. We live in a day when technologies, they're not talking about technologies. I remember when I was a new believer and they were looking at just 29 years ago, new believer, excited about prophecy. And I remember back then magazines were very popular and I remember getting a magazine, I forget the title of it, but on the front cover, the reason I bought it is on the front cover was a head with a barcode on it. What was the emphasis on? Look, tech, they're beginning technology. They're developing technology that, that instead of doing at a cash register, oh, this is 335, dee, 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 335, and putting it all in, they take this barcode that has information built into it, that has identifying information, stuff that we don't even know what's in it. And when they scan it over, it has all this information contained in this little barcode with these little computers 29 years ago. Hey man, they are implanting people with microchips right now, right before our eyes. And there's some suggestion that they are looking for new ways to implant microchips to follow. I remember along the way as we were looking, we go, well, and back then when we were going, oh, that's silly, oh, they won't. And of course it looked funny. The dude had a big barcode on his forehead and it looked funny. Like who's going to take that? Everybody's going to. But remember, the mark of the beast is not so much a technological breakthrough. The mark of the beast and taking it is a spiritual decision. The people that take, nobody's going to give you the mark of the beast by accident, biblically. You're not just going to wake up, and, oh, I got the mark of the beast. I'm not, oh, what happened? I only wanted a tattoo and they slipped a little thing in there. No, 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 it's not going to be. It is going to be a decision where the Antichrist declares and his government declares that you won't buy or sell. You will not be able to live without taking the mark. You will bow down and worship me so I can feed you and take care of you and take the place of God. Remember we learned Antichrist can mean against and in place of. So the Antichrist says, you want to live? You can follow me. I'll give you the chip. You can eat. You can live. You can enjoy this time. You can be a part of the one world religion. And you're just like, you know, 29 years ago was a barcode on a forehead. And people were laughing. Oh, you don't believe that. You, I do believe in it. And it's going to get worse. I don't know what the mark of the beast is, but I can see, I can understand the times. Like 30 years before that, there was no such thing as, there was the old school, uh, you know, back in the 50s, 60s, 30s, whenever they had the old school cash register, cha-ching, cha-ching, you know, they had the abacus, man. For years, they were, didn't even have a calculator. And now what do you see? You see things that, man, in an instant, things can change in an instant. Why? Because the knowledge of prophecy is increasing. The understanding of the prophetic picture is starting to get clear. And yeah, you know, the clearer things get, and the more you start to say, check this out, watch this out, 
There's going to be a rise of mockers. There's going to be a rise of false prophets. There's going to be a rise of unbelief. There's going to be a rise of falling away. Yeah, great apostasies are happening. They've already begun in the church. Whole denominations have disappeared or completely abandoned the foundation on which they started. Yeah, you can go, listen, I, 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 you may have experienced this. I don't know. I, I know. I've seen it. I've got friends. You could go to church today and never hear the Bible taught. You could go into a church today. Come to a, you can go into a place they call a church and it's a cult and they're going to lie to you. When you look at some of the greatest denominations today, they, they are, they have abandoned the word of God. They should take the name church off of their wall and say, just come into this building. We don't really believe anything, but we'll hug you when you come in. Yeah, but what about the Bible? Nah, you know, the Bible used to mean that, doesn't mean that anymore. Yeah, but what about your founder? He gave his life. Well, the, the man that God used, he gave his life for what, what was built upon in the whole movie. You know, churches, huge churches filled with thousands of people. They're being turned into clubs and bars. You drive down Denver, you see some of these really nice houses because they take a nice church on the corner and convert it into a house. You have all throughout Europe, the mosque has outnumbered the churches and the church gathering and establishing themselves. Things are definitely getting clearer and clearer to us prophetically. Secondly, this phrase can mean not just a clear understanding of the prophetic, but secondly, knowledge in general will increase in the end times. And we already know, don't we? We live in the information age. And this will, the, the, as you are living now in the advent of the computers and the microchip changed everything forever. The internet, so much information available at our fingertips. You no longer have to go down to the library and flip through the card catalogs. There are some people listening to me right now that have no idea what a card catalog is. Things have changed so fast. You can test it when you get home. Don't do it while I'm teaching, but test it when you get home. Put a search into Google and sh they'll show you not only all the information, all the articles that come up, but it'll show you how fast it indexed all that information for you. Knowledge is rapidly increasing. We don't have, our parents aren't taking out loans to buy encyclopedias for us. Where my, I remember my parents had to take out a loan, this guy walking through the neighborhood and sold a set of encyclopedias. For those of you who go, what's an encyclopedia? Look it up. Just go ahead, go to Google, what's an encyclopedia? And it'll tell you exactly what it is. But it was the Google of our day. One of the first jobs that I got when I graduated high school is I was a 411 operator for a telephone company. And again, what's that? I'll tell you what it is. I sat in a room and I had a headset on and day after day, moment after moment, just the, they kept sending me, I would, I would, it would ring in my ear, ding, 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 and I'd say my number and say, what city, please? They would give me the city. I'd say, what, what are you looking for? I'd look it up and I'd tell them the phone number. That's how you used to know phone numbers, young people. And then little by little, they upgraded the computer system and computer system before they eliminated that job. Obviously, it's not needed anymore. 
information just increases and increases and increases, so much so that the, the information that's increasing and being collected is being stolen. Right before I came up to the pulpit, there was another data breach, information being sold on the dark web. Information's increasing. With that, we'll draw today's Abounding Grace with Pastor Ed Taylor to a close. If you joined us late or would just like to give this a second listen, go online to AboundingGraceRadio.com. And please remember that Abounding Grace is made possible through the support of our listeners. We look to the Lord for provision. When you give a donation of $25 or more to Abounding Grace, you're invited to request a copy of Pastor Ed Taylor's new book, God's Help for the Troubled Heart. This is a must-read for anyone who has a heavy heart or is greatly discouraged. It's a collection of truthful reminders of God's help for your troubled heart. While we all share stories of pain, if we're not careful, we find ourselves refusing to accept and receive the healing Jesus readily gives. Join Pastor Ed as he steps into our pain and shows us how to live a life full of faith even as we go through painful trials. To order a copy today, call 877-30-GRACE. We ask for a donation of $25 or more. That's 877-30-GRACE. And be sure to join Pastor Ed Taylor next time for more teaching from the book of Daniel. That's right here on Abounding Grace. This is amazing grace. Abounding Grace is brought to you by Calvary Church, Colorado, here in Aurora.